Here we go again. Welcome to the e-commerce made simple podcast. I'm Jerome, your host, the CEO and founder of e-commerce, the agency helping brands expand in e-commerce. The two first uh, podcasts were about expansion in first PanEU and whole of Europe. The second one was specifically about uh, Germany with Roni. Now this one is with Lawrence, the uh, founder of the agency Retail for Brands in France, talking about expansion in France. The French market is very specific because Amazon, although it's the biggest marketplace, it's really challenged by other players such as C-Discount, Fnac, uh, La Redoute, and a lot of uh, champions which have a much bigger size than in the other uh, Western Europe major markets. Lawrence will bring us a lot of insights and for you to understand, okay, to be successful in, in France, you need to go in uh, many different directions and look at other players. So this will be very insightful if you want to expand and be successful in a lot of different countries. The next uh, podcast will be with Anna Nordlander about the Swedish market, which is becoming one of the very new uh, novelties of, of 2021, let's say. And this understanding will be super useful for you in terms of, okay, expanding. So enough about the intro and let's listen to the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. So welcome, everyone. It's a pleasure. It's a great pleasure to have um, uh, a friend on, on the webinar today uh, with Lawrence. So I usually start, so I've, I've put my French, uh, typical French attire, which obviously we, we wear every day in France with always a bottle of wine. So that's for the cliche. Now for <laughs> the introduction, we always start with a fun fact. So I'll start with that with you, Lawrence. So a fun fact about yourself. I have two fun facts, actually. Okay, you're already signed to not being in the rules, so that's another French trait. Well done. Okay. So that's three fun facts. Um, no, first fun fact, which I find quite amusing because I'm half French, half English, so you, um, is today is both a great day for France, a great day for the UK, for English people, because it's Appel du 18 juin when Charles de Gaulle uh, asked to resist uh, the Germans. It was 80 years ago, so it's very important in France. It's not a public holiday, unfortunately. We don't have enough of those. Um, uh, but it's also a very important day in England because it's the uh, when the English and the coalition won the what the Battle of Waterloo. So I find that quite amusing that uh, yeah, we see really, that as yeah. French people as being a great event, and we see that as a great event being an English. So. So that that's was my a fun, yeah, historical uh, fact. Yeah, it was a trivia, you know, ha ha, okay. Uh, that's why I get, don't get invited as, as many dinners as I would like to. Um, the other fun fact that I wanted to mention, I thought, okay, how, how can I present how French I am, even given that I'm, I'm called Lawrence Taylor and how that kind of accent. Um, it was about 20, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, I was in Aqaba in Jordan. Um, you know, doing a bit of backpacking. Um, and uh, I was at the bar of the hotel. You know, it's not the bar, a hotel bar. You know, it was literally a place where they had two bottles of whatever. Um, uh, and, you know, you start chit-chatting, you know, in English internationally. And suddenly the guy says, um, but I realize he's French or, you know, we switched to French and he says, so you are French, you are from Paris, and you are from this neighborhood in Paris. So this is how quintessentially French I am. You know, even in an obscure bar 
in in Aqaba in Jordan, people will know exactly what kind of neighborhood I'm from. And I did not know that guy or anything. So, voila. That, yeah, that's that's very French. It's like but man but you are french so that <laughs> that will talk to french people <laughs> as a, a famous um, film so now we've we've gone through the fun part can you give us two words of who you are and who is retail for brands so i'm Lawrence taylor half french half english i think i mentioned enough um i spent i have now nearly 20 years of digital experience digital marketing uh, started in the UK, um, and then I was uh, global MD for digital platforms for the Havas Group, a uh, big holding group, uh, especially here in France. Um, left about a year ago uh, to launch Retail for Brands. Um, retail for Brands is, uh, we, are, we are omni-retail, and we help brands and consumers uh, navigate the complexity of Amazon and marketplaces and the other marketplaces. Um, and the approach of the way we do things is uh, we really have an end-to-end -end approach to things from strategy to execution, which means that we need strategic people to go into the needy detail, greedy detail of Amazon, because it's all about the detail and the troubleshooting. Um, but also the tactical people to be able to have those conversations with CEOs and so forth. Because when you talk about Amazon, when you talk about marketplaces, you're also talking about the digital transformation of, of brands. And that's, I think, what's the most exciting in the job that you do and we, I do is, is taking those brands that had a very traditional approach to distribution to help them, helping them in having a, a multi-retail digital distribution approach. I would, I totally agree with that. <laughs> that true is the transformation and helping people to transform uh, is, uh, is really interesting. And I think, yeah, we, we, we get a lot of uh, our excitement in helping them and being successful. So I think that's, that's what we, uh, all of us like enjoy in, in our, in our work. So, Let's let's dive into France and what's it like? What's the landscape? We know in Germany and the UK, Amazon is a bit overwhelming, let's say, or very big. What, what I know, like France, Amazon is low, is is less big. What's what's the general landscape there? I mean, you you can't really have a retail strategy without Amazon. Let's be honest. Um, it's still about twenty two, twenty three percent market share in France. Whereas if you compare to the UK, it's closer to 40%. Germany, Spain is closer to 50%. Um, so it's still a leader by landslide. Uh, and then you have uh, a C discount that is over 8%. Um, you have Fnac Darty uh, that do about com a combined 4%. Um, an invite-only um, retail, retailer called uh, Vente Privé, VP now. Um, so... Amazon is still structural, um, but you can't have an Amazon-only approach. You need to have a multi-retail approach if you want to be able to reach all of the uh, of your potential customers. And the truth is, depending on the category, um, in most categories, Amazon is going to be the leading digital retailer, if not pure retailer. So, for example, in um, in the toy market. Uh, Amazon was second to Leclerc, which is a very big supermarket chain in France uh, until 2018. Now it's first and it 
holds about 50, a bit less, 45% market share when it comes to, to selling toys online. Um, so it's quite big in that sense. Um, but there's other categories where you can't really not have CD discount or Fnac Darty. For example, if you're selling TVs, uh, uh, CD discount is going to be 50% of your market share um, for online sales. Um, and then you're going to have Fnac Darty and then you're going to have uh, Amazon. So anything which actually is big, the beyond 30 kilos, um, all the white, white goods, that's going to be C discount and, and, and Fnac Darty. Small items, small electronics, that's going to be more, you, you're going to need to use Amazon. And what is interesting is the, the real Trojan horse of Amazon were books um, in a lot of markets. Still very important for France. Um, obviously, Amazon are a bit obscure about how, how much that represents in, in their total revenue. Um, but I'd say Amazon only represents anything between 12 to 15% of the book market share. Um, whereas uh, Fnac um, is, is still bigger than Amazon's going to be. Um, in general, and, and then all the independent book, bookstore owners uh, that you'd have. So Amazon and, only, depending on the category. Yeah. And so you were saying that the small product is, is very, Amazon is very successful and the bigger product is more the others. Is it, is it a logistics problem? Is it that Amazon is struggling with logistics or is it just a, in terms of habits? How does that work? Uh, it, 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 it's a logistic thing. I mean, and, and, and in that sense, it's no different from other market. You know, um, I always see that for, for Amazon, there's always a balance between how, how complicated something is going to be and how much revenue is going to drive. And the mm. truth is, there's a question of logistics, but there's also a question in terms of delivery. But there's also a question of um, after sales, because those products very often need after sales and Amazon doesn't really like to do a physical after sale. You know, they're going to come and get your product. You know, you're going to send back your product and they're going to send you another one. They don't care. But you don't do that with a $1,000 fridge, for example. I get that. And so it doesn't, it doesn't really go through the letterbox, does it? No, no, not very well. You're right. Depends on letterbox, maybe, but not, not the house. Um, the, so are you saying the others are one of their uh, like, uh, competitive edges to have a better offer, a better logistics or a better after service? Let's, that, that's why you see this guy or the others are sort of competing well with Amazon? Yeah. Uh, so, for example, after sales, Fnac Darty, Darty has always positioned itself in terms of after sale. So that's part of their core offering. Um, they use their retail, like their physical retail. Yeah, space, they use, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They used to be physical retail, and and they did this transition, um, really playing the showrooming uh, approach of things. Um, so did Fnac. So they really played that. We don't play digital against physical. We're trying to do, to have a a combined experience, um, okay. which. You know, when you're launching a product is actually quite exciting because, you know, if you're selling into audio, for example, um, you know, you need to hear at one point or another and you're going to be show, you know, you're going to try the product in stores and then maybe buy it online because it's more convenient. You know? Okay. And so the first one is 22%, you said around Amazon. Mm -hmm. The second one is 8%. Did yeah. I? So, and then the other one is 4%. So there's actually a very big gap. 
But like you said, I think it's very dependent on the category because some yeah. the, the difference will be much less, right? Because yeah. in some cases we heard that people were not really not selling very well on Amazon and probably the others are making a, a better job. So you have a bottle of wine in front of you. Um, True. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. Um, a good example in wine, spirits and things like that. Um, Sea Discount was from Bordeaux is from Bordeaux. Um, so they were the first to, 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 to create specific warehouses for wine. And, and, and for a wine seller, um, it's very important to have a product uh, which hasn't been altered when it arrives to, to, to the end client. And, and they have a feeling that they can't really have that guarantee with Amazon because they don't have specific warehouses, right? Mm. Um, whereas, um, Seed Discount is going to have a specific warehouse. They're going to have specific packaging. Um, and, and in truth, uh, there's more wine being sold on Seed Discounts online than there is going to be much more than uh, there's going to be on Amazon. It's a small category on Amazon, you know, wines. Mm. Spirits is actually bigger for Amazon. Okay. It's, it's strange to see that if that's a big market that Amazon doesn't address it more aggressively, like, I get it that the big like white goods because they don't have physical stores or Amazon mm -hmm. doesn't have yet uh, anyway in France that I would get, okay, they can't compete, but on like spirits and wine, uh, it's funny that they don't invest more. They don't try, don't try to get into that market. Do you, do you get a feeling? Sometimes you get a feeling that it's like on the Amazon business, you can feel Amazon is investing in that. Do you get feelings that sometimes Amazon is investing, trying to catch up the others or not really? Well, I think uh, Jeff Bezos very rightly said that he doesn't really look behind, right? He only looks at the final consumer. Um, in that sense, my feeling is um, uh, it's going to move on alcohol as soon as Amazon is going to be allowed to sell alcohol in the US. And then that's going to be massive, right? Um, but currently it's impossible to sell, because of, uh, to sell alcohol uh, on Amazon because of of the legislation which is slightly different um, state per state um, and as soon as that changes and I think it's in the pipe I can totally imagine Amazon investing very heavily um, on making sure that alcohol is correctly handled um, in the US market yeah. and therefore in all other markets that they have special warehouses or logistics which will, will work okay i get it now uh, there was a lot of noise uh, during covid about <laughs> amazon being closed down uh, mm -hmm. and that was like uh, like for people living in france we had a lot about it but maybe for people outside what really happened what was the reason and how how did it all work out did it impact a lot of the sales what what happened well, um, that's the funny thing is you, the, the, um, France was the one market where the warehouses actually shut, were shut down, right? Um, there's reason, uh, basically there was arm wrestling between the French state and Amazon and they didn't back out, right? Um, and the, the reality is all the products were still very much available on Amazon, you know, um, the products that you buy every day. They were just, because of the way Amazon has set up, especially FBA, pan-regional FBA, it was 
hardly a difference. I, I know somebody that bought a, a cover for his ping pong table, right? Got it delivered in 24 hours uh, through Amazon and he was based in France. Well, I actually bought a ping pong cover from Amazon and it, and it got delivered, yeah. So. Yeah, that was my reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, okay, that's me. So, yeah, it worked. <laughs> I did do a lot of buying, but it's true that I've, I've realized that specifically in France, post, uh, French post uh, services were really disrupted and that still Amazon managed throughout the time to deliver. Okay, so on some units, they, they did say, okay, we will have three weeks delivery time, but it, they always said it upfront. And, yeah. and I've never had, in, especially in, in this period, like a promise which was not fulfilled. Yeah. So either they say beforehand, okay, it will take three weeks, or they say it will take four days and actually they deliver in three or two days. So, I, and I believe, and I, for me, that's a big, a big game changer, but I was wondering if you've had seen any shift in that, like is, uh, were the others like C discount snack also managing to fulfill orders in the same way with the same efficiency or were they struggling because maybe they're using other logistics services? Um, Amazon um, C discount actually did quite well. Um, they unfortunately didn't really have the good surprise that you had with Amazon. So you would either have, you know, express, express delivery and that would be three days rather than one day. Mm -hmm. or standard delivery one week rather than three days. Mm -hmm. um, and then they would deliver it after a week or after three days. It wasn't like Amazon where they said, you're going to get that in the month and actually you got it after three or four days. So you didn't have that really surprise effect. Um, okay. uh, but they, they, they actually saw quite an uplift in terms of new customers. I think they acquired 1.5 million new customers during the COVID uh, because even though you could find everything on Amazon, there was still a lot of businesses that were impacted. And if, because it was part of the news, a lot of people said, okay, I can't really buy on Amazon. So kind of fled from another platform, okay. from one platform from another. And also you had new entrants to e-commerce. People had never bought online and then they went online and bought, you know, and went. Yeah. And because they and, were new, they didn't And we don't know, and Amazon doesn't share how many new customers they have probably. Or they, yeah. Like, like asking questions which I know the answer for. It's like, it's like I, I can give you the market share of Amazon, uh, how much they grew, how much tax they've paid in France, you know, all those kind of things. Of course, yeah. Everyone knows that uh, for sure. So talking about C-Discount, could we go a bit, dive into a bit the differences, the main differences between C-Discount and, and Amazon, like the pros and cons of, of each compared to each other, I think. So... Um, First, first things first, I mean, we'll, we'll start by similarities because they have so much in common, actually. In terms of price, you're going to go and have the same price on each platform, to be honest. Okay. Um, on the other hand, um, I'd say that Amazon is 99% self-service. Okay. Give or take. Sometimes you have somebody on the phone that actually helps you. Uh, it happened. Um, happened to me this morning, actually. So yeah, um, but rare. Yeah. yeah, that's because you have a client yeah. that does more than ten million a year in revenue, right? Well, sometimes doesn't even have a, a relationship to that. It's like having finding the right person at the right time. That there's an element of luck. 
Um, and then I'd say C discount is about 50-50, right? So the advertising business is self-serve. They've actually created their own platform. They use they, they used to have Mabaya, uh, which powers Ball.com in the Netherlands, for example. Um, but now they went full self-service with their own platform, uh, launching uh, a programmatic offer, uh, which is quite close. Um, so in that sense, on the the way you operate on advertising is quite close. Um, there's a few technical difference um, and actually quite an insightful report that is going to be made available, I think, by September, which is the, the share of voice that you have on every impression in paid advertising. So that's actually quite exciting. You're always a bit struggling to know how, you know, you know, you know, you're getting a hundred percent when you're not spending any more. That's pretty much it on Amazon, right? True. Um, and uh, so that's going to come out. On the other hand, um, the uh, for the moment, in terms of search position, you only start from position five on C discount. Um, that's going to change. They're going to put position one and two available. In, uh, on, on oh, the search on, uh, okay on the advertising so you can't yep. promote yourself too much okay which is get, makes the advertising less like uh, less interesting if you can't get the first spots which uh, to be honest Google is doing Amazon is doing so it's probably a bit strange yep. not to be doing it too okay so if you if you were to summarize like maybe and, the pros yeah, or and the, the the other thing is for example for the uh, you, you're much more handheld, which is because it's less self-service. Um, it's a bit annoying because you can't really do it in your own time. But then, you know, when you set up um, when you set up your product page, you have to send it by Excel. They have to validate it, mm. and then they do a bulk upload rather than you doing the bulk upload directly. And then Amazon checking, sending it live, and then checking two or three days afterwards, right? Um, or you can do it manually to some extent. Um, but for, on the other hand, you know, some of the pain points where you have to set up FBA with a client for the first time, um, which is always that extremely stressful moment of the life cycle um, of a client, C-Discount is actually going to get an account manager to, hand, to hold your hand during that process. Which is really helping you probably. Yeah. Okay. And it actually, I mean, if you think about it, FBA is not that complicated. If you follow the guidelines um, and you don't try to do things weirdly, um, but it removes a lot of the stress from the client. Yeah, because there, yeah, yeah, there's always a, a small thing which is happening, or or the system asking something new, or things like that. So having someone support is it's probably yeah makes a big difference so if if we were to summarize so from what you said is amazon on the one side you you have everything else in in your control so you can push your content you can do whatever you want and that's like if it's late that's on you <laughs> or if it's early that's because you were quick so you have more control on the other hand is you're on your own because it's all automated and on the c discount you it's You've got less control, but you've got more support internally. Is that is that sort of the uh, two exactly? Ways? Yeah. 
And then you can negotiate with them as well. So you can negotiate your fee um, to some extent. Um, the delivery costs. Uh, yeah. are, are they open to, can you really discuss with C discounts? Okay, listen, on the marketplace side, for example, is it, is, can you have a really good discussion or yes. not really? Yeah. Okay. You can, you, you can always have a discussion um, with it. Okay. Whereas Amazon, you can always try, but as yeah. nobody's answering, there's no phone numbers. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. True. <laughs> Okay, and like in the cons, uh, or like if, if a brand had to decide, okay, specifically to the French market, which platform to, to go on, like would they go on Amazon, on Amazon and C Discount and Fnac, or on C Discount first? What, how would you approach that question? Uh, it depends really on the category, okay? If you're into, um, laptops games console um we talked about tv you need to do see a discount if you're into uh fridges washing machine audio you need to do fnag dati because they still have a very big market share um in if you're into let's say fashion um or toys you need amazon you don't you on fashion, you probably don't need C discount except for very specific products. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't need Fnagdati because they don't sell clothes at all and nobody's going on that platform, even if though there's a marketplace in there. Um, Would it be correct to say that in France, e-commerce has an, an image of very low cost of cheap products and that some brands would, would like hesitate to go online because it would mean they're cheap? I think there's, yeah, there's definitely this cultural perception from brands about e-commerce being cheap. And I think that's one of the challenges that we are facing as marketers in France, which is, don't forget, in terms of advertising, um, two of the big holding groups were originally from France, which are Publicis and Havas. Um, and the largest spender in advertising is based in France, which is L'Oréal. Um, actually, now it's Amazon. So Amazon's the, the number one advertiser in the world, and then, then it's L'Oréal. Uh, um, uh, but you also have all those perfume and beauties, and the perception is because it's so cheap, you know, there's this perception of, it's like a big supermarket. So I'm not gonna sell my Chanel products or my Hermes products in in a supermarket, whereas it's not a supermarket, and you realize outside of France that all your third party distributors are selling your products via the marketplace. So they're not really taking advantage of that. And I think there's a real challenge for those brands to have those pure players that are going to take market share um, because they're better controlling, you know, the way they, they, they advertise, the content, the delivery, the promise you know, um, uh, and both the strategy and the tactical implementation. Um, Kuti, uh, for which the European headquarters were based in France, is changing. Um, L'Oréal is always, is also taking, um, it, taking notice of it and moving, but they're not moving as fast as they should be. As soon as they're going to you know, uh, start taking advantage of the platform, I think 
that's going to be a radical change because it means that um, very much those organizations are very multi-local and they can do that centrally and be very efficient in that way. Okay. And there's an, there is a, an amount of when we're talking with brands, as we always say that sometimes you can use Amazon as a, uh, like a sales platform, obviously, but it's also a branding platform more and more because a lot of people are going on Amazon before going on Google. So how, how do you like in the impact of your, for the brand as big as for the other countries or is like, if you're on Cedar scan, for example, is it like enough in terms of visibility of your brand? Or would you still say if you want to do the branding exercise, Amazon is still a very important part of that branding with brand stores, like the way you present your, your content and everything. I mean, for me, the real opportunity is to exploit the, 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 the shopper data, um, in, in a programmatic way, um, because that's how you can really create um, engagement with the brand. Um, and then, yes, once you're on Amazon, make sure that you have the right content, which fits what people are expecting, uh, leveraging a store if that makes you know an environment in which you're more comfortable. Um, but I think that the one, the one thing, but that's not specific. I mean, we're moving away from the subject of France, to be honest, but. I think the, 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 the programmatic opportunity is highly underused at the moment, um, very often because it's not really in the hands of the people doing the Amazon business. It's more in the hands of you know, traditional marketers, the budgets. Um, but if your brand, if you're selling, if Amazon represents 25% of your market share at one point or another, I mean, you should spend a very large part of your above the line budget, digital budget, exploiting that data more than you should be, you know, you should put more money in there than you're putting in Facebook or you're putting in Google. Definitely. Yeah. Because it has a higher conversion rate because it, or it's, it's directly uh, pointed at people which will be buying, which you don't get really on Facebook. Now Facebook has started to have maybe something, but like Facebook or Google, not directly towards a not like selling a platform. So for sure. And I've realized also that a lot of bigger companies that do have like the marketing is, is another department. So you would have sales and the marketing. Oh yeah. You can't touch them. And you'll have those big agencies, which are very big programmatic, which are doing a fantastic job, but are not such like, so knowledgeable on the sales side. So what you're saying is that how, how would you recommend like a, for a larger brand, which, or, or any company, which is divided. Okay. I've got my advertising uh, on the side and the sales side. Say, and so you have search advertising, which is a bit in the, in the middle where I say, Oh, okay. Is that a sales exercise? Is that an advertising exercise? Ooh, not clear. And then programmatic. Okay. That's not that's branding. And we, we don't think, how do you, how can they approach or how can they transform themselves and saying, okay, how do you do? Do you give that to sales team or do you like have make mixes of teams, which like I've seen brands doing uh, programmatic advertising sometimes and the content was not ready or their offer was not ready on Amazon. So you say, okay, you're probably, you know, throwing your money out of the window. There is a window here. So, um, mm -hmm. and, and it, how, how do you approach that? Um, for me, it's the number one challenge. 
the number one challenge is making sure that you have commerce, marketing, and digital aligned, right? It's, let's face it, quicker and uh, easier to put in place in mid-sized companies where you're very close to, to the CEO that can make that actual decision, right? Um, but those, you know, those companies are going to be the most successful, right? Where the CEO realizes that he has, um, that he's only making a third of his potential on Amazon because he only has a 30% uh, share of buy box because he's a wholesaler and taking a product that they sell, that, they sh that is designed to be sold in Poland and they're selling in, in France and therefore making more margin than the brand is making itself. Um, and as soon as the CEO realizes that, then he puts the marketing people, the digital people and the e-commerce uh, and, uh, and the commercial people in one room and say, okay, I can't be losing money and you guys are going to sort it out. And that's where you need to have a real digital e-commerce um, task team you know, with the two pizza rule um, that actually is going to put in place something where you make the most out of the Amazon opportunity. And I think beyond that, you know, when I have my consulting pitches, um, I start with organization, but sometimes I go one step back and you need to, have to make sure that the people that work on those type of projects have the culture and understand the culture um, and go back to the leadership principles. You know, if you're not customer obsessed, um, it's not going to work out. In, if you're not frugal in the way you do things, um, it's not going to work because you have to be frugal when you work with Amazon. You have no choice, right? Um, and if you're not deep diving in, uh, into the data, it's not going to work out because you have so much data which is available out there on Amazon that you need to make the most out of it. So I think culture is actually the number one and the most important thing that you do when you set up those kind of teams. Well, that uh, that's honey to my ears. Like in the consulting, when you're working on that side, trying to <clears throat> make people understand the strategic and cultural and organizational aspects is sometimes very complicated because most of the time people come with an operational problem, but which is only um, an outcome of a wrong organization slash strategy or, or other things. So, I would I would totally agree. How how do you see uh like for for the general environment of how like the future let's like dream of the future how do you see because today the world is still divided with you've got big advertising agencies which okay are trying to learn about search advertising about stuff but they're very still very far away of like retail in itself then you've got uh, retail agencies and you've got Amazon agencies which are a bit in the middle how do you feel that is going to go how will bigger agencies be able to adapt or is that like what's your feeling about that because advertising is going a lot into automation into uh, all all these stuff uh, Amazon is is changing the game like in, in and maybe less in France than in other countries so we going a bit outside of France uh, I'll probably have to remove my beret at some point but how do you how do you feel that going uh, forward that could what, what could happen or what could 
So I don't think big holding groups are going to be able to do it. That's why they try to buy companies and they do buy companies, like two sales in Luxembourg, you know, you're, you're a close neighbor. Um, and they're struggling to integrate it within the agency because to be successful with Amazon, you have to be agile. You have to be, you have to be a strategist one in the morning, uh, a troubleshooter in the afternoon and, 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 and the logistics guy uh, at, at midday, right? Um, and you get, in agencies, you get some of the best strategists I've ever seen. People, you know, they talk for 20 minutes and you, they figure out all the issues that you have, right? You know, you, you, and especially ones you didn't even know about, right? Um, and you'd come out as a client feeling that your product is actually better than you thought when you came into the meeting, you know? Um, so they, they're quite really good in terms of strategy, but they've never handled the campaign. Equally, you get really good tacticians within holding groups, um, but they're not agile enough to be strategic at the same time. So I do not see um, companies that are larger than a boutique be successful at Amazon because you need senior people, you need people that are both extremely autonomous in what they do, but extremely rigorous at following guidelines in the way they operate. Why? Because if you move away from guidelines on Amazon, you're going to fail, right? If you don't follow a very precise and, and, and uh, structured methodology, you're going to fail on Amazon. On the other hand, if you're not able to be agile because what worked two weeks ago has completely changed overnight and you didn't know about it, making you a fool in front of your client because you say, hey, I know how to do that. I'm sorry, it's changed over the past 48 hours. Um, you know, you, you, you need to be both at the same time. You need to be agile. You need to be obsessed with performance, but also with brand equity. There's just so much things that you need to be able to do. And, you know, in, in an agency, you're going to be, have very good people in each of those categories, right? That's not what good clients want. What good clients want, they want agility. They want people that be able to think and do at the same time. Well, great insight. So the, the future will be exciting. So either we'll have mergers of big groups with smaller teams being able to have this level of knowledge plus agility, or there will be a reorganization of, of, uh, of the space with more different players. That, we shall see. Um, I didn't open. Um, uh, obviously, uh, anybody having questions uh, can can join in. We we are about the forty five minutes uh, timestamp, which is the usual time uh, we're having. Was how, how, how many how many of the questions did we actually cover that we prepared, and how and 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 how so a lot, many, a lot how, race. How, how many questions went off topic? I don't know. We don't have the, the data. We don't share data. <laughs> We've got, we learn everything from... Uh, you are so Amazon at heart, Jerome. <laughs> well, yeah, see, it's day one. <clears throat> um, let's let's uh, finish maybe, and if anybody's got a question, you can drop it on the chat box. 
otherwise. Let's finish on a, on a positive note. Do you have a, maybe a success story or a good story of, of uh, someone who, who got it well, who understood the French market and, and did it well, maybe with your help, actually? Um, so. Um, so I have something interesting because it's both a success and a failure and learning and expanding at the same time. Um, so uh, we onboard a new client. Um, he's really excited. Obviously, he wants to launch mid-December. Who wouldn't, right? Best period of the year. Um, we work day in, day out. Uh, within five days, we've uh, redesigned his account, um, you know, launched you know, change the content, uh, launch advertising, right? Within a few days. Okay, there was about 15, 20 references, okay? Um, says, I want to launch advertising now. Okay, that wasn't the best idea. You know, prices were quite high, you know, 20th of December, strangely enough. Um, so after a few days, we say, okay, we have to cut off advertising. We're paying way too much. It just does not work. But slowly, because we've reworked the content, we're, we're gaining... We're improving BSR. We started, it was about five sales a week or a month. Um, and then it becomes five, day, uh, five sales a day. And then it becomes 10 sales a day. And then 20 sales a day, 30 sales a day. And you know, we start to, we, we know in March, beginning of March, that we're going to hit his objective, right? Uh, the objective is to say, okay, if, if within three months you generate this amount of money each month, um, you have the contract for the full year. And then suddenly, COVID arrives. Okay. Um, so it means... Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Pr uh, he can't produce anymore, right? Because he was producing in France, you know, uh, offices are closed and, and, and uh, uh, production units are closed. Um, so that was the first thing. Um, Second thing, he can't deliver anymore to Amazon. Um, and for some reason, you know, then everything starts to spiral. Um, we're accused of price gouging when we didn't change the price on the products. I think everybody has. You know, I was like, why does this happen? Not to me now. I've realized that everybody was accused of price gouging at one point or another. You know? um, and then we slowly go back and we gain market share. We put back advertising. Um, and the great thing is he hadn't totally moved to FBA. So he already he still had his logistics. So um, during the beginning of COVID, he st still loses a lot of his BSR, unfortunately. But we, we're back on track. And you know, by mid-March, uh, by mid-April, we're hitting the volumes that we were hitting at the beginning of, uh, um, of March. Uh, and now, you know, we're way beyond the objective that the client gave us initially. So there's both this, you know, we failed in so many ways because. Uh, well, COVID, nobody can, yeah. Fall. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much that you, you know, you could have done better, you could have done differently, but, you know, there was so much going on. And it's like, it's a roller coaster of both emotion and, and in terms of revenue. Um, and it's like, we launch and we launch quickly um, and we launched well, but we had to relaunch and then we relaunched better. We launched better with better, um, with better advertising. Trial, trial and, and error. 
yeah, with better content. Um, and I think that's what COVID means to me at the end of the day. It's like... Um, the crash I've, test. Yeah, it's like I've launched a company. It, it, it was gaining momentum and now I have to relaunch a company. But the second time around, we're doing everything better. We're more confident, our offer is more structured. Um, uh, you know, we, with the trial and error thing, as you said, you know, there's things that we've improved both in our delivery. And I think this is, you, you had stronger grounds, you know, uh, I was on, you know, I was building a castle while jumping in the air um, and trying to min maintain the few clients that I had. But it's like we're relaunching everything. Everything is more excited. You know, we've uh, we've kept only the better, uh, the best in, in, in the company. So, yeah. Yeah, I have a question here. Is when selling on several platforms, do you have the same inventory or you put apart quantity per platforms these marketplaces you mention offer the do they offer the fba model uh so uh c discount offers an equivalent to fba uh uh which is called the uh, livraison c discount uh actually at a cheaper price um, okay. that only takes into consideration the weight not the size of the product um and uh, they offer the same kind of things, um, which means <clears throat> you can, uh, you're going to ship part of your inventory into C-Discount and another part within, within Amazon um, and uh, obviously, hopefully connect that um, into your uh, supply. And do you, so do you, you would have, you would need several, like if you're having several marketplaces, you would need to have a warehouse, if not in front somewhere to, to be able to ship the goods to the different warehouses of C discount or of Amazon or of snack of, or of any other. Right. Yeah. So you, you need to split it. I'll just, I mean, you can do FBM or the equivalent and do it from your own warehouse, but you have to send in individually in those warehouses. On the other hand, <clears throat> You can still use the, the service of both Amazon and C discount to deliver to other um, through other retail channels. So, um, for, for example, for Fnac, as a user, um, I receive parcels with the Amazon logo on it, whilst I purchase on Fnac. Yeah, it's and a multi-channel uh, delivery system. So of I, I, I'd say. C discount is, is, is less costly, especially if you have warehouses in France. So you ship to okay. C, C discount and they can ship your other retail channels. You know, your direct consumer can be shipped through C discount or Amazon. So you need those two and the rest you can just use their delivery okay. service across platforms. Makes sense. I have a, a second question. I'll have uh, a quick translate. Um, you, do you think the value, uh, wait, uh, so for luxury brands, what's the value added of doing a launch on Amazon rather than going, so that's probably other uh, Net-a-Porte Net uh, and Farfetch. Yeah, who have got uh, an audience which is very specific to luxury and fashion products. So the idea is, is like Amazon, it's often a question we have is, Amazon is a generalist, like it, they have all products. 
does it make sense to launch like a specific a niche product like a luxury product on Amazon rather than on niche platforms which are like Netaporte or Farfetch? What's your take on that? Uh, it really depends on the market. Um, I'd say I think uh, from a luxury standpoint, it depends the type of it depends on the market. It depends on the product. If you're going to sell an Hermes bag or Chanel bag, don't sell it on Amazon, right? Because you want those products to be spare. You want those products to be sold only in your shops. So there's not even a question of Farfetch and 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 Net-a-Porter, to be honest. Um, on the other hand, if you're selling, um, let's say, glasses, belts, uh, accessories, um, perfume. What we see is that, for example, Christian Dor does about 3 million euros of revenue in the US only on its perfume line. So given the size of LVMH, it's not very big, but it's still 3 million a month on that platform, which doesn't go directly to Christian Dior because that's done by a third party. So for a fashion brand, you have to consider Amazon as part of your mix in the way you do it. Um, I'm quite passionate about that because I think luxury brands they shouldn't go white or black or white on on how Isn't they consider there? Amazon as part of their mix. Like 15 years ago, they, they were all we will we'll never have an e-commerce website. What we see, we saw is um, Anna Wintour and um, and Jeff Bezos uniting to help uh, designers of New York during COVID uh, to expose the brand. So if Jeff Bezos and Anna Wintour, which are possibly two of the most opinionated people in the world are united for a common project. It means that at one point or another, it's going to make sense. And, and, um, and we come back to a branding side, right? Too like it's yeah. going on Amazon is also exposing your brand to a lot of people. Yeah. So it's like mass advertising a bit. And equally, um, if you're a fashion brand, so we, we, we're taking that prism of, 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 uh, Europe and the US, but in reality, um, if you're a luxury brand, a real luxury brand, you cannot go, um, you cannot not consider the Chinese market because that's 30% of your revenue and 100% and and, 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 and of your growth because Europe is not growing at the moment. US is in not very good shape either at the moment. So you need to have... Um, uh, in presence with Alibaba's Timo, uh, and they have a specific session which is called Pavilion. And believe me, if you see, uh, and same thing for Taobao, um, if you see the price of a, a Taobao partner, they call the TP, you know, they're going to ask you 20,000 euros just to shake your hand, and they're going to ask 20% uh, share of revenue to promote your brand on Taobao and Timor and so forth. Oh yeah, that's, an, that's another world. I have another question uh, and thank you for that is, what do you think of C-discount retail? So 1P versus C-discount FBA or C-discount livraison or C-discount FBA equivalent. So the 1P versus 3P uh, on the C-discount part, how, do you, how would you compare them? Um, so to give you an idea, um, Amazon, uh, to, 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 to compare, Amazon sells directly about, I think it's 11 million products and there's 320 million products available on Amazon um, with the marketplace. On C-Discount, they're, they're selling directly about 500,000 references 
um, but you have uh, 65 million references sold on C discount. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's obviously less than Amazon, um, and the share of marketplace versus retail is about a, um, a f is 50 50. Uh, okay. And and how again, when when a brand why would a brand choose one or the other? Like on C discount. 1P versus 3P. Is it is it a five hours strategic workshop I'm asking for in a, in an answer, or is it is there a simple answer to that? I'd say if you're a purist, you choose third party. I mean, you choose it being a seller. Um, if you're a bit less of a purist, you choose to be a vendor. I personally believe I like the 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 the, the seller approach more. I think it's a better sandbox. Uh, because you're, it's harder to, to exploit, but when you're good at exploiting it, you make better results and better revenue. Okay. That will be our, our, yes, our parting exactly, word. Yeah. Exactly the same as Amazon. It's the same type of, uh, of, uh, of approach. It's just, um, you're a bit more handheld on, 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 on the C discount that you're on Amazon. Uh, let's say that Amazon is 99% self-serve uh, platform approach. Um, yeah. When you're a seller, I'd say that C discount is about 70, 75% uh, um, uh, self-serve and a bit more of handholding. So you're going to be less agile, but those moments where you're a bit stressed, you're going to have a, a bit more support. Awesome. Thank you very, very much, Lawrence. We, we, so we tried to get it staying in within the hour, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So it was great. Lo loads of insights. Uh, if you want to reach to, uh, uh, thank you very much, Paul. If you want to reach out to Lawrence, you can go on, on, um, uh, I'll put on my LinkedIn and yeah, you can, uh, Lawrence will share his email address. And, uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you've got our email. So, Thank you very much again and have a great evening, everyone, or morning if you're far away or night if you're even on the other side <laughs> of the clock. Bye-bye, everyone. Or, or dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, like something like that. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye.